Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are tuned in to Civic Cipher. Mm-hmm. Um, whole lot to stick around for, per usual. Uh, of course, we have to talk about the indictment of the former president of the United States. Uh, we didn't want to talk about that, but we have to, so we will. Uh, there's no getting away from it. That just kind of... It's not not really what we need to talk about, but it kind of is at the same time because that's what's happening in this country. And so, yeah, it'd be hard to act like it didn't happen. Right. right. So the former president of the United States, no matter what his name is. So that's newsworthy. Exactly. And so um, we're going to do that. And then for the second part of the show, we're going to illuminate some double standards that we have seen. Well, you see double standards all the time, but some double standards that are in some popular stories that we either haven't gotten to that we wanted to touch on recently or that have come up this week. And so there's a lot of that, including the treatment of the former president. You can imagine if that was Obama, might have played out slightly differently, but you know, we'll, the, we'll get there. The news might be covering it a little differently too. We'll get there. Um, and uh, we're also going to be talking about um, Queen Khalifa. For those of you in California or otherwise familiar with the, the magical place called California, uh, you may not, not know that uh, California was named after a black woman. Um, when I found that out, I thought that was incredible. And this isn't anything that is not well documented. You can research it yourself. It's just not common knowledge. So I can't wait to share that with you uh, in our Way Black History Fact, um, as well as some other really exciting things, too, including a brand new uh, Baba becoming a better ally. So stay tuned for that as well. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, let's discuss some really exciting Ebony Excellence. Shall we? I think we shall. So today's Ebony Excellence Sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media, and this reading comes from Afrotech Magazine. Victor Glover is set to become the first black man NASA sends to the moon. Now, if we don't applaud that, I don't know who will. Well, Afrotech obviously will, but man, what an awesome thing to to, to be known for and to see happen. So seems pretty late in yeah. history for the, for that to be a first steal. I, I, I thought the same thing, but you know, better late than never. Yeah. Man. You know, we've been to the moon too, you know? So anyway, I'll read uh, a new sp- space exploration. Artemis II has been announced by NASA and the Canadian space agency. It will include commander Reed Wiseman, pilot, Victor Glover, mission specialist one, Christina Hammock, cop coach, sorry, Coke. That's it. Uh, and mission specialist two, Jeremy Hansen. In a 10-day flight test, they will prove that humans can live in space and validate the Orion spacecraft's life support systems. The mission also establishes a historic precedent in space as Glover will become the first black man on a lunar mission. Director Vanessa Weich, NASA, NASA uh, um, sorry, Director Vanessa Weich of NASA said, for the first time in more than 50 years, these individuals, the Artemis II crew, will be the first humans to fly to the vicinity of the moon. Among the crew are the first woman and the first person of color and the first Canadian on a lunar mission. And all four astronauts will represent the best of humanity as they explore the benefit for all. Now, obviously, the best person or the first person of color is significant for all people of color. But 
I would like to once again state first black person and that is special so again victor glover congratulations and you made us all proud now how much of this donald trump stuff did you see so that's an interesting question (laughs) because we don't voluntarily consume him right around these parts so I've seen as much as any casual person has seen. I haven't dug in. I haven't tuned in. I haven't been in search of. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's the type of thing that is, it's the news. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's newsworthy. It's again, you, for most of my life, regardless of your stance, uh, regardless of the, the way that you voted, uh, regardless of your politics, you respected the person in the position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was him. Yeah. I know what you mean. And it changed not just how people like me kind of no longer respected the person in the position, mm-hmm. but polarized the country in a way that seems irreparable at this point. As we watch, you know, our policymakers snowboard down a hill of overt racism and bigotry and can't wait if there's a the time, if there's a time machine available to help them get to the bottom of racism slope faster, <laughs> trust me, they would be in there. Right. Uh, so <clears throat> you talk about the very obvious differences in the way this story is being covered, mm-hmm. differences in the way he's being treated and somehow made out to be a martyr. Mm-hmm. Um, it's laughable, except it's not like we'd laugh once upon a time, we'd laugh at uh fringe conspiracy theorist that will push stuff in front of us that the collective thought was ridiculous mm-hmm. so we could laugh you know but i i watch how some of his cohorts and colleagues are operating in the space now even people who he's been flagrant and blatantly disrespectful to but they know it's in their best political interest to still <laughs> parrot his policy parrot his way of thinking and pretend that they're supportive of his like people who he's talked bad about their wives and them Ugh. And they're still like out there, you know, in support of this guy who they know can help, you know, put some gasoline on their political fire. They're just they're pushing for things that once upon a time. We would have said that's so ridiculous. There's no way that can actually happen. Except now we have so many examples that not only could it, but it would like when he announced his candidacy. I thought it was ridiculous. So I laughed because there's no way he can be the, oh, so here we are. And you brought up something we were, when we were discussing this topic and I'd love to hear your, your voice articulate this. (laughs) How on earth would this be covered (laughs) and how on earth would they feel if the former president that had just been indicted of no matter what the crime was, it could be jaywalking, was Barack Hussein Obama. Obama. How about that? Um, okay, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I definitely want to talk about that. But before I get there, you brought something up that I want to touch on. You talked about kind of respecting the office. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there. Um, when... I was first able to vote. Uh, 
I voted for, I believe it was John Kerry. Sound right? Yeah. Um, and Democratic candidate lost to George Bush. Yeah. George Bush, the second ended up winning. And George W. W. Exactly. And he won again. So he was a two term president. So when I graduated, High school. This is Maggie B. Noen, and we'll be right back with more Civic Cipher after a quick break. Hi, I'm Dr. Miranda Melcher, host of the Just Access podcast. We bring you amazing interviews from the world of human rights and access to justice, from Dunja Miatovic, Council of Europe Commissioner for Human Rights, to Liz Evenson, International Justice Director at Human Rights Watch. Whether you're a law student or legal professional, human rights activists, or just want to stay up to date on what's happening with the world, the Just Access podcast is your go-to for inspirational stories and fascinating discussions about the state of human rights today. Search for Just Access on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All the way until um, Obama came along, that was what it was. I was not a fan of George W. Bush. Uh, I don't think he was a particularly, um, I, I can't pretend to have been as involved in politics or policies or understanding what was going on as he was. But I recognize that, you know, 9-11, he was a president, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, I thought that he was an embarrassment the way that he spoke. I didn't really realize that he I, I never saw anything presidential about him but one thing I will say to your point is that when he came to Arizona right uh he wasn't such an embarrassment that I was not excited that he was coming to the city had we met him we would have shook his hand, hand exactly and I, I would have gave him the respect that the office warranted, right? I would have taken a picture with him. You know, our, we, we, di we disagree on most everything, but you know, when, when it was time to go to war, you did your job, you know, uh, and beyond that, you're the president, right? Um, you don't, you don't speak the way I would have spoken. And, you know, we've had a couple of cringe moments here and there, but for the most part, you seem like a decent man, uh, and I, I, I hope that before your life is over, you come to see things a little bit more like people like me so that you have a little bit more of a, a universal view. I also think we both understood. And I think a lot of us understand you don't have to think like me to be a decent man there. Yeah. Perfect. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I would love if you thought more like me because you were you were in my mind back then. He was so far extreme the other way. But oh, my goodness, nah, he, wasn't that that he was not. And. And that's what I'm getting at, because like you said, I would have shook his hand. I would have snapped a picture with him. Um, another person, a name that I know that you, our listeners would know, um, is, uh, McCain, John McCain. Now, remember, John McCain is from Arizona. That's where I'm from, right? So John McCain was a, another person to your point, Q who was on the whole other side of the aisle. We just did not have similar 
politics at all. But there's no way, there's no way anybody could convince me ever that that wasn't a decent man. And I think that I have an example that would check that box for just about anybody. Yeah, I have a few as well. But the one that comes to mind is when he conceded defeat to Obama, he made it a point to say that um, this night, this historic night, uh, must be particularly special for the African-American people in this country. The way that he said it in his words, I'm not, I'm just kind of, um, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but it was, that was effectually what yeah, he was saying. The semantics don't matter. Right. The way that he said that, let me know, that's a decent man. Right. Um, because obviously the election wasn't about race. Um, later on, there was a, this uh, is America. Well, sure. For some people it was, but <laughs> the election in theory is about politics, right? Yeah. But, uh, a great example of what I meant when I said the election wasn't about races, uh, uh, four years later, Obama ran against, um, his name is, uh, uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was recorded, uh, at a Republican meeting somewhere, but his voice was recorded. And he said something like, you know, there's like 53% of the country that's never going to vote for us because they're this, that, and third, and they're just never going to vote over here. So we can't worry about them. That's never going to happen, right? And and it, the way he was describing those of us who would never vote for him was very dismissive, right? Um, now, in in hindsight, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, at the time, it felt very dismissive. And I tweeted something this was back when we still had twitter right by the way if you haven't listened to a couple of episodes we deleted our twitters because we're not the one nor are we the two but anyway i tweeted something at the time and i said you know what i'm not voting for obama because he's black i'm voting for obama because i'm black and the weight of that message translated and i remember that got retweeted a ton of times there was like all these news outlets tweeting and everything like that and folks were reaching out it was really exciting because way back when you know i didn't have a nationally syndicated show where thoughts like that are just kind of roll off the tongue but um that was kind of the feeling i had when um mccain was running so when i say it wasn't race-based per se more politics based. Yeah, it was exciting that Obama was black, but there's been black people who run for president. I would never vote for them. If uh, Clarence Thomas decided that he didn't want to be a Supreme Court justice anymore and wanted to run for president, there's absolutely no way in the world I would ever vote for that man. All skin folk ain't kidding folk. This is something that we say over here. Now, the man of the hour. So, you know, we we realize that you're probably listening to this and it's been a few days um, since this stuff has been announced. Um, but we're a weekly show, so we only get to get in your ear once a week. So we're going to start at the beginning. Um, prior to the indictment, uh, uh, there was so here's a, a message or rather a 
article from Yahoo News. There was a poll that showed that uh, President Trump was slightly ahead of Ron DeSantis, right? After the indictment charge was brought forth, uh, Trump's numbers were boosted as a result of that. So it really like galvanized and, and fired up his base. I suspect largely because of what you said, Q, which is how there are different media outlets covering it differently, right? All media outlets are covering it differently. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's strange because it's not even about left or right. Mm-hmm. All media outlets are covering this differently than they would really any other president. Mm-hmm. But very, very specifically, the one who everyone who hears my voice knows I'm talking about. You're talking about Fox? No, no, no. The the former president. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. Every news outlet would be covering the indictment of Barack Obama different than they are. Yeah, yeah. The indictment and arrest of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. People were out of their mind offended when President Obama wore a suit that wasn't mm-hmm. black or blue. Like tan like really there. offended. Like angry. It's it's not presidential. It's so funny because So could you ever imagine if he had forty three indictments? Yeah, thirty four. Yeah. But yeah. Forgive me, but again the semantics. If he had two, <laughs> if he had one, if he jaywalked and the police pulled him over, yeah. it'd be national news and it and it'd be spoken about in a different tone than mm-hmm. Um, you know what they would say? I know what you mean, because they would say it's not presidential, right? Because that was the thing that they always brought forth, um, especially uh, right-leaning uh, news outlets. They brought that uh, forth when describing Obama's behavior or his policy, whatever, however he dealt with people. Remember, he, he would do a fist jab as he was, um, fist bump as he was uh, campaigning. You know, he just kind of do this fist bump. Everybody wanted to fist bump Obama. Um, I remember a Fox News report was like, is it a fist bump or a terrorist fist jab? Like the, the how they took it went all the way to the extreme to try to um, make that connection, you know, that somehow Obama was a terrorist and bad for the country. And you got to remember the climate of the country at the time. We're still kind of reeling from 9-11. Uh, you know, a lot of terrorism talk is still very much in the air. So. Um, yeah, the coverage, night and day difference, you know what I mean? And I think that that speaks to the uh, double standard in this country, right? Um, but back to this arraignment. So one of the other things that happened is the day of his arrest, uh, you know, of course, he got to mosey in there late. He was supposed to be there at like 11 a.m. He got there after one. Um, and we know how that's different over here, right? But, you know, he's not us. So he gets to walk in late. Marjorie Taylor Greene went out there and she spoke to, you know, a crowd, but she had a bullhorn and there was a lot of people protesting with whistles. I need to figure out the names of the guys that were out there protesting with the whistles and they were drowning out her speeches. Great job. Yeah, it was amazing. I They really deserve a shout out on on the show. But um, I remember seeing the video. I think, was it Sean King posted it? Several people. Several people. Okay, good. But yeah, a, a maneuver if I ever seen one, right? So uh, yeah, her speech got drowned out. But prior to her speaking, 
she gave an interview uh, inside of like an SUV or something, and she compared Trump's arrest to she she compared him to like Nelson Nelson Mandela and to Jesus. You see, did you see that? I read that. I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah. I, um, the the sound of her voice makes <laughs> you know what I mean makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, so I I don't even I don't deal in that space. Yeah, because um, I often have to wonder. These people are either the most ignorant people in the history of people. And I say even more so than those who convinced themselves that we were proper property. Mm -hmm. Because I really think those people believed, as wrong as they were, that we were actually beneath them. I think they were indoctrinated in a way where they actually thought it was okay. As we've discussed before, these people had their children at lynchings mm -hmm. because even those quote unquote decent among them thought that that was normal. We're supposed to be a more progressed people now, a more enlightened people now. So our current political landscape with our extreme right conservatives our extreme MAGA conservatives, our extreme Trump conservatives, they're either the most grossly, I don't want to say ignorant because ignorant might make you think I just mean misinformed. I mean, stupid. Like, <laughs> I know that's not proper. No, I mean, like dumb. Yeah. I don't mean like intelligent people that don't have the information. No, I mean, like. The, the one thing that happens in, in a good number of instances is that they're dumb people who have uh, they are very articulate and they articulate the dumb stuff in such a way that other dumb people perceive it as being intelligent yeah I i'm not talking about those people though okay because those people are intelligent enough to be articulate to make hate and divisiveness and racism and bigotry sound Okay. Okay. Because they articulated properly. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard her speak? She, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like she's learned. <laughs> you know. Right. And I'm not saying this to be mean, but it's like you're either that or you're despicably evil. Yeah. Because almost everything she says is buried and drenched and drowned in so much hate mm -hmm. and so much just mean, callous, bigoted, racist crap. Yeah. And there are tens of millions of people. <laughs> Shout to the people that drowned her out because there are as many people as showed up to drown her out that will talk loud as as loud as that, but with the same message that she's delivering. Yeah. And once upon a time, I think the entire country would have thought that we were beyond that. Yeah. You know, even those who parrot the same politics who cringe at the idea of being labeled racist because they do understand that that's a bad thing. I don't think people like her do. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they feel that way. They, yeah, I think they wear care. the title of racist proudly. I think they platform on it. I think they campaign on it sure. intentionally. Yeah. That is a different thing, man. It is a very, very, I wish you guys could see my face. It is a very, very discouraging thing that well, this is the state of our union. So, Speaking of which, so what happened that day after she got chased out of there by all those loud whistles, 
Donald Trump went in, pled guilt, pled not guilty, sorry. And then he flew back to Florida and he talked bad about everybody and their mama, right? Well, he talked bad about the DA, of course, but then he talked about the judge and the judge's wife and the judge's daughter. Like, um, who gets to do that? Exactly. And that's what I was saying. Because like, would have been if, held if, in if contempt Obama, of court. Yeah, if Obama had he did done that. something like exactly, that. Exactly. So it really does go to show that there is a, a sort of double standard there. Hopefully there will be a gag order because this guy is super duper off the chain. But then, as if that weren't enough, he jumps on his uh, boring social media site and then he tweets that he wants to defund the federal police. <laughs> uh, this, this part comes from NBC News. Trump and a handful of allies in the Republican-led House favor cutting money for the Justice Department and FBI ahead of September 30th deadline to defund the government. So, or sorry, the, the deadline to fund the government. So he wants his allies, which there aren't enough to actually make this happen, so don't worry. But Well, I'm worried because I don't know if that's true. Well, no, I, I did a little research. However... This is, a, and I have to get this out. This is a sign that Ramses and I and people like us were too kind because I remember us having conversations about defund the police and kind of grimacing a little bit like, man, I wish we would, I wish we were saying, I wish we were delivering this message differently yeah. so that it could be received. Mm -hmm. And they're showing us they'll receive anything as long as they're the ones saying it. Yeah. If it's coming from us, it does not matter how it's articulate and polished it is. Nope. It's crap. Yeah. They will repurpose the same message. They won't even reword it, and they will <laughs> they will receive it and scream it loudly like we weren't saying the same thing a year ago. It's, it's, it it's, is disgusting. It's wild to see that happen, but you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. Um, so this is still a developing story uh, as we record this episode. So we'll keep following it, and we'll let you know if it's worth talking about. All right.